Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discourse on how to give away your faith, and we talked about using the acronym STUDENT. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. as a way to impart the message of giving away our faith, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, making disciples, and making sure that they're trained and discipled inside the local church, that they may reproduce themselves by the power of the Holy Spirit and go outside of the church walls and become a factor at home, in the community, and abroad. So uh, we think Uh, God for this opportunity to be co-laborers with Jesus Christ and to uh, be counted as worthy to even be associated with him. So as we talk about giving away our faith, it's important that we remember these acronyms. Student, we say S stand for studious, T for truth, U for unique, D for dunamis, dunamis power of Jesus Christ, and then our previous episode, the N stands for the name, name of Jesus, the name of Jesus and the importance of it. And our final uh, letter is T, which is time. We want to talk about redeeming the time on this episode. I just think about how much time uh, is wasted by so many Christians. uh, So many of us are distracted by the things that are uh, inane, things that are not important. We're distracted. 
by the things that God told us to stay away from, uh, distracted by the periphery, uh, in, in, in essence, uh, majoring in the minors and minoring in the majors. Uh, not knowing the essentials of the faith means that we've been distracted. Not practicing the love of Jesus means that we've been distracted. Uh, not caring about those that do not know Christ around us means that we have been distracted. Not raising up our children in biblical truths and in the admonition of the Lord means we've been distracted. Not allowing the gospel to seep into our everyday lives means we've been distracted. Uh, not utilizing our money. Essentially, it's not our money, but it's God's money. But not being a good steward over our money. Uh, overspending. Charging more than we make. Uh, investing in things that's going to deteriorate and burn up anyway rather than investing in spiritual truth and spiritual assignments and spiritual ministries means we've been distracted. So I'm hoping that as we spend the next few minutes talking about time, that we really assess our time. Where are you spending most of your time? Are you uh, binge watching? These are contemporary terms that many of us have come up with. Uh, that we've adopted, uh, binge-watching. Binge-watching means you spend a lot of time streaming and uh, watching shows and spending a lot of hours trying to catch up uh, on certain shows. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have all of those channels. Now we have hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of channels, meaning there's a potential for us to become distracted from doing God's work uh, by simply engrossing ourselves with entertainment. And I'm not teaching against entertainment. There's a time for that. But when the majority of our time is spent on entertainment rather than doing the work of God, then uh, things are out of proportion. Then it means we, we're distracted. So I'm encouraging us as we start this new year, assess where you are in terms of you and Jesus. Assess your spiritual pulse. Time is everything. In Ecclesiastics, we are reminded that there's time for everything. And we need to make sure that our timing is in alignment with the timing of God. And the one thing that uh, uh, Ecclesiastics uh, rather talks about um, is the timing and also uh, how much time we have. Uh, Ecclesiastic, as well as James, reminds us that we are here, especially James. James says we are here as vapors. We're here one, uh, one minute, and then we're gone the next minute. And then in Ecclesiastics, we're reminded that there's a time for everything, meaning that our window, as we get older, is closing. So as we live, as God wakes us up every day, it's an opportunity not for us to waste time, but it's an opportunity for us to redeem time. So how do we redeem time? How do we live for all it's worth? God did not leave us 
without instructions. God has a plan for us, and it's our uh, efforts, our pursuits uh, towards Christ that allows us to understand what he wants from us while we have time. And we don't know how much time we have, but God does. But what he wants us to do is to follow the same instructions, the urgency of time, redeem the time while you still have breath. There is an urgency to our message. God has called us. He saved me. He saved you not to be distracted by what the world is distracted by, but rather to be focused on sanctification, to be focused on holiness, and to be focused on witnessing and discipling others. That is the universal mandate. That is the charge for you and I. It doesn't matter what gifts he's given you. All of us have the same goal. We have different gifts, but the same goal, the same objective. We want to live for Christ. And in us living for Christ, people will see a change in us. People will see um, a a, a morphosis in us that uh, uh, causes them to ask, how come you're so different? How did you become so different? But different in a good way, not in a bad way, different for holiness sake, different for God's sake, different for Jesus' sake. We are called to be peculiar. And part of redeeming the time, part of uh, making sure that each day is lived for Christ means that we're focused on holiness, means that uh, the things we do will bring God to the forefront. And only what we do for Christ will last. All the other stuff will burn up. So as we move forward on today's episode, um, when we read the scriptures, it's clear that there should be an urgency to our message due to Christ's imminent return. There has to be an urgency to our message due to Christ's imminent return. Every day now, he is likely to come back. We must live as though he's coming back this second. We must live as though he's coming back this minute. We must live as though he's coming back every single hour. It's imminent. And before he comes back, there's work that needs to be done. This is why our message is so urgent. There is work that needs to be done on behalf of Christ. And every day that we wake up, it's not for you to live your life. It's not for you to live your own truth. It's for us who are blood-bought to live for Jesus. What does that look like? What that looks like is every day I wake up interested in his will. So we pray. We have devotion. We have our quiet time with with Christ before we start uh, the breakfast, before we start waking up the kids, before we start getting into work. We have uh, sought God's face. We have communed with him. We have devoted time to him. We have been in our prayer closet, and we have heard from him. 
Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So when we seek his face, we get instructions from him. We are interested in how he wants us to operate for the day. We are interested in how he wants to use me as a signpost to a greater message. I'm interested in God's will for my life for that day. I've read the devotion. I've prayed. I've communed. I've talked to him. And as a result of that, when I'm out in the public, I am still uh, engrossed by what I've learned through the devotion. The Spirit of God, his voice is a lot more clear when when I'm out in the grocery store, when I'm at the uh, uh, post office, when I'm driving, when I'm at work. I am listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the result of that, I'm, I'm moved to do certain things. And all of that is part of redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, this concept of redemption, the concept of Jesus buying us back from the marketplace of sin, this concept of making time worth it. And time is only worth it when we are glorifying the master. So, time is short. We don't have a lot of time. We don't know how much time we have, but it's not a lot of time. And if we have that mindset, then we have to get on our job. We have to not waste time. We have to press. We have to make sure that we're getting things done for Jesus. We, we, we have to make sure that we are uh, paving the way for his return. I just did a Bible study um, a few days ago on the message of John. And the thesis is John was a forerunner. John was a harbinger. John prepared the way for Jesus. In the ancient times, forerunners or harbingers were used to uh, go to the roads where the king would be riding or the the king would be coming and prepare the way. If there were uh, obstruction on the roadway, then the harbinger, the forerunner, will make the way plain. He will clear out the obstruction. If something, if the road needed to be leveled, it was the harbinger's job to level the road. If, if uh, a road needed to be cleared, uh, it was the harbinger's job to clear the road before the king came on his expedition or his route. In the same way, John cleared the way for Jesus. Whatever needed be to be prepared, he prepared it based on what God called him to do. So John did his job. In the same way, we as Christians are to pave the way for Christ's imminent return. By paving the way, we need to share the gospel with others. That's what we're talking about. We need to make sure that we share the good news with our family. 
We're sharing the good news with our supervisors. We're sharing the good news with our employees. We're sharing the good news with strangers as led by the Holy Spirit. We're sharing the good news at city council meetings. We're sharing the good news at political meetings. We're sharing the good news wherever we go. That is part of redeeming the time. That is part of uh, making sure that our time is not being wasted. We can't be distracted by the same things that the world find distracting. The world may not know any better, but we do. Everything we're involved in must bring God glory. God has you there for a purpose. Someone needs to hear the good news. Someone's marriage may be compromised, and you're the only person in the middle of that environment that can bring the words of Christ to that situation. Someone may be thinking about suicide, and your words are the only thing that may bring them out of that mood, bring them out of that uh, uh, psychological conundrum. You are to be used by God to bring him glory wherever you are. So his return is imminent. And we find this as an example in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verses 42 through 47 says, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must be ready as well, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not know or think he will. So again, Jesus is saying, when I come back, it's going to be a surprise. You can't prepare uh, for my return by knowing the specific day and time. You just need to prepare. You need to make sure that whatever it is that you're supposed to do, you do it. Do it as if he's coming back any day. Do not become relaxed. Do not think that because he didn't come back today that uh, that, uh, his coming is going to be delayed. You don't know when he's coming. So if you know to pray, pray. If you know to give, give. If you know that you should be witnessing, witness. If you know that you ought to be interceding on behalf of others, intercede. If you know that you ought to be involved in mission work, be involved in mission work. Our days are short, and we don't know when Jesus is coming back. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household slaves to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, My master is not coming for a long time. And he began to beat his fellow slaves, and he eats and drinks with those habitual drunk. Then the master of that slave will come on that day that he does not expect, at an hour that he does not know, and he will cut him in two and assign him a place with the uh, the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, Jesus is using uh, human illustrations to paint a spiritual picture. He says, look, 
it's like the first example with the uh, homeowner or the head of the house who was supposed to uh, be alert and make sure that his house was secure but didn't do it. Then the thief came in and compromised the house because of a lack of preparation. Then the second illustration, he's talking about a servant, uh, uh, two types of servant. Servant uh, who prepares, uh, even though the master is not there, the servant knows what to do. The servant is a steward, and the servant takes care of the master's business. But the second example is of the different type of servant who met, whose master puts him in charge, but he wasn't responsible. He wasn't faithful. Instead of being a good steward, instead of being a good governor, instead of being a good manager, he uh, gets distracted and become um, just like those that are irresponsible. He's drinking with them. He's partying with them. He, he, he's, he's doing the things he's not supposed to be doing. And as a result, the work that needs to be done is compromised. So what is Jesus telling us in modern times? Jesus is saying he is the manager. We are, uh, Jesus is the master, rather. We are put in place as stewards to manage over God's affairs. And the question is, are we using the time that we have as a good steward or as a bad steward? Are we being distracted on the periphery? Are we being distracted by the things that are secondary and sacrificing the things that are primary? How do we know? We know how we spend our time. We know how we spend our money and what we're spending it on. We know the places we're going to. We know the type of people that we're hanging around. Are we influencing them for Christ or are they influencing us for the world, influencing us for the world? So it's important that we remember the time is short and that Christ is coming back any day. It's imminent. We don't want to be ill-prepared when Jesus comes back. We don't want to stand in front of Christ, stand in front of God, and our works burn up, our investments burn up, our good intentions burn up. We need to make sure that we are redeeming the time, that uh, we make living for Christ a priority. Some of us, God has called to uh, exercise the gifts that he's given us, but we're not doing it. We've, we've come up with excuses, and we're not doing it. We're wasting time, and we should not waste time. We should be redeeming it for Jesus' sake. We should be redeeming it for God. We should be redeeming it for also our sake in the sense that we want to be at peace with God, and there's no way to be at peace with God if we're not being obedient. So not only should we think of his imminent return, but we ought to be prepared. As I've been saying all along, we ought to be uh, prepared. In the next chapter, Matthew 25, we see another warning about being prepared. So as Jesus, in, in this book of Matthew, chapters 24 and 25, we see a pattern of him 
warning his disciples about what's getting ready to happen, about the last days. He's warning disciples what's going to happen in the future. He's warning his disciples uh, that we don't want to be caught flat-footed. We don't want to be caught uh, without an opportunity to do the things that we ought to be doing before he comes back the second time. So Jesus is giving an eschatological message. He, he's teaching and training uh, his disciples. Matthew 25 and 7. It says that uh, then the kingdom of heaven would be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps, went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take extra oil with them, but the prudent one took oil and flax with their lamps. Now, while the groom was delaying, they all became drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, there finally was a shout. Behold, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and, tri- and, it got up and trimmed their lamps. And so, this is an illustration of preparation. You had one segment that was prepared when the groom came and another segment who needed time to trim their lamps. And so God wants us to be ready. The burn part of the lamp of the lamp wick must be trimmed in order for it to light appropriately. In addition, there must be enough oil in the lamp to operate it. This takes time. So if Jesus comes, uh, you don't have time to say, oh, let me go witness to this person. Oh, let me go uh, get, uh, 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 go save. Let me go and, and actualize the gift that you give me all along. It's too late. Now is the time. God has given us this time to redeem. So I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. We thank you for listening. We solicit your prayers. And as always, we need your financial support. If you've never given to Sound Reasoner Ministries and you listen to this show, whether on radio or on podcast, please support us. Uh, We need your support in order to continue training Christians in sound doctrine. Again, thank you and continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network They've got shows about prayer, Bible study. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. 
Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.